everyone in our generation, we're really looking for that meaningful and purposeful work. We want proof that our practices align with our values and we really understand that a job should improve your life. Hello everyone, I'm Barbara Humpton, CEO of Siemens USA. Thanks for tuning in to the Optimistic Outlook. At the end of every year, we like to do a bit of an untraditional episode, one that looks closer at an issue or concept related to our theme of optimism. For this episode, we decided to go back to an issue that actually helped us start the Optimistic Outlook podcast, America's aging workforce. At the time, we were hearing that innovation would suffer because of this trend, economic growth would suffer, but I saw things a little differently. I'd witnessed such incredible synergy when people of different ages and backgrounds worked together on the factory floor at Siemens. To me, multi-generational teams were an advantage. They cultivate important knowledge transfer and collaboration. Those with domain knowledge are inspired to increase their digital engagement and digital natives learn about real world industrial applications. Today, we have five generations working together for the first time, which means as we bring the industrial world online, we can tap into the ideas and perspectives from both digital natives and industry veterans about how to do things better. I was thinking about this a few months ago when I had a chance to speak with our summer interns for National Intern Day. So much has been written about Gen Z. They've been described as pragmatic, as inclusive, and as purpose-driven, at the same time as too dependent on the internet, as skeptical, even stressed out. During that conversation, I threw out an idea of doing a podcast episode that would allow us to talk more about internships and early career experiences, essentially to hear more from the newest members of our multi-generational teams. And I think my two guests today can help me with this. Sophie Nicholas, a university recruiter for Siemens USA, and Adrian Vasquez, who's doing his third internship at Siemens as part of the Strategic Student Program at Siemens Digital Industries Software. Take a listen. Sophie, Adrian, thanks for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome, thank you, Barbara, for this opportunity. As I mentioned to our audience in my intro, the idea for this conversation came out of National Intern Day over the summer. Sophie, you were part of our internship program a couple of years ago, and Adrian, you're part of it now. Uh, tell us about your internships and why you wanted to do them. Sophie, do you wanna go first? Absolutely. My previous internships were with very small companies, so I knew I could benefit from the experience of a larger company. And COVID actually started as I was going through the interviewing process for my internship with Siemens. So by the time I started in May 2020, I was completely virtual, completely disrupted by the pandemic. So when I think about why, I think at the time I was just so thankful that I still had an internship. I had no idea what was going to happen next. And in that time, I got to learn so much. I interned for the global talent and leadership team here at Siemens. And at the time, this team's focus was on culture change and employee empowerment. And because of the state of the world, it didn't just feel like an HR internship. It felt like I was in the center of an HR transformation. We were shifting away from an administrative place into a more strategic and people-focused place. And I had such a unique 
opportunity to see our leaders from all over the world come together and ask, what do employees need right now? And I watched them act very fast. <laughs> they also wanted my perspective too, because we were navigating such uncharted waters that having a fresh perspective to say, why or why not? It, it really shook things up in a positive way. And it really set the tone for me at Siemens. And I feel just very fortunate that it all worked out. You know, a lot, big part of it, Sophie, was the way you jumped in and the initiative you took. Uh, we'll get back into a little bit of conversation about that. But next, I want to find out from Adrian, what drew you to this internship? So on my end, I had a unique journey to Siemens. I honestly came in with the intention like, hey, I'm not too familiar with this organization. Can you kind of tell me a little bit more about it? Like, you know, um, I'm seeing a lot of these things, you know, quote unquote, the biggest or excuse me, the largest and oldest company. And, you know, I was just like, whoa, what does that mean? I have never heard of them. How, how is this possible? So with that, I was then put in contact with uh, Sophie here, an amazing university relations recruiter who actually supported me throughout my entire process here at Siemens, uh, getting in, landing that first internship. And honestly, I was just like itching to stay here. I actually went ahead and started looking to see, hey, is there anything else that I could do here at Siemens uh, while I'm in my senior year? And then as I was doing that, I came across this amazing program that Siemens offers called the Student Strategic Program. I obviously can't get enough of Siemens. And realistically, I do plan to stick around. Adrian, I, I would say exactly the same thing. I can't get enough of this company and I'm hoping to stick around. But I, I'm thrilled that you've actually had experiences both in smart infrastructure, which is, as our listeners know, focused on everything from the grid edge into buildings and all the safety and security systems that are involved there. Now you're in the part of the company that's working with industry and we're number one in industrial software globally. And here you are in the heart of the action. So I think it's terrific to, for actually for everybody to understand that it's possible to be in one location, one area, and have the opportunity to work with two dramatically different parts of, of the company. You know, it's funny, I, I wanna stick with you, Adrian, for one more minute to just find out um, how different the experiences have been. I know you sort of, you joined during the pandemic uh, cycle, the maybe the, the last of the work from home or maybe not. How, how did the pandemic impact your internship experience? Realistically, I do understand that the uh, pandemic was seriously an abrasive adjustment for our overall society, and I do not want to diminish that one bit. But you know what was honestly really awesome throughout the pandemic, and one of that the silver lining was, um, I do think that the societal shift really opened so many doors. Within the corporate world, you know, from an outsider's perspective, someone coming in, I never really thought like, hey, I could do remote work. I could do hybrid work. I always thought like, you know, coming into the workforce, it was going to be I have to make sure I'm there at, you know, 7.30 a.m. and I'm not leaving till maybe 4 or 5 p.m. And I have to be in office every day looking um, like obviously 100% presentable and ensure that I'm bringing my best self. But although, you know, those things are so asked of you 100%, it's become a lot more, I would in a sense say, flexible. It's been flexible to allow everyone to take, you know, again, kind of that ownership and how they want to present themselves at work, how they want to go ahead and allow themselves to enter the workforce. You know, uh, especially within my current generation, it's honestly, we're a little bit more inclined to maybe do remote work or hybrid work where, you know, we're not too, um, I would say, as interested as in being there five days, a, five days a week and showing our face every day. And realistically, 
I do think that being able to work from home really, you know, showed organizations that, hey, it's not always a, ne a necessity to have everyone in office at the, you know, same time. And if they're not there, they're, you know, something's going on with them and they're, they're maybe not working. I really do think that the pandemic really shifted that as an entire whole. And it's really unlocked so many, you know, new possibilities for individuals. I'm technically working out of the Milford, Ohio office. And in all honesty, I've never been to Ohio. Yeah, this brings a whole new meaning to where do you work, doesn't it? Um, you know, Sophie, in university relations, obviously, you know, you came from your internship and, and entered our, our team that is, is focused in this space. And I have a feeling you get a chance to talk to a lot of university students. What are you hearing from them about how they perceive the starts of their careers? I think when this generation considers the start of a career, it's much more about the big picture. We want to know that the work we're doing is meaningful and contributing to something good. And I read on LinkedIn that there are members of my generation that are three times more likely to switch jobs if they aren't getting what they want, but that the majority of us would prefer to stay at our first job so long as it, what it, so long as it provides what we need. And you may be asking, what do we need? And Adrian kind of teed it up perfectly. Some of my research has shown that Gen Z cares most about flexibility. You mentioned about opening doors. There's such a great appreciation for hybrid work and for work-life balance in general, and really just we're comfortable leveraging technology to communicate. So it's, it's very intuitive for us. Another one is stability. I even mentioned it with my internship. Part of why I loved it here was because it felt safe and it feels like I can grow here. Seeming isn't going anywhere. Um, the third I have is agility, breaking down hierarchical work and challenging traditional talent profiles. I think people in our generation, they don't want to prescribe to a predetermined career path. And Adrian, you exemplified that so well, just bouncing from industry to industry, there's no there's no limit to where we can apply our transferable skills. But then above all, everyone in our generation, we're really looking for that meaningful and purposeful work. We want proof that our practices align with our values and we really understand that a job should improve your life. You're talking in terms of generations. And, and we have gotten into a place where we can talk about the various generations at work. We know right now there's something like five defined generations working side by side. Older generations have always been lamenting the young as far back as ancient Greece. But it's clear that right now we need the diversity of backgrounds, including ages, to be innovative and competitive. I'm a big believer in the power of multi-generational teams, and, and I want to start by exploring what connects all of us. You've talked about purpose, you know, that Gen Z is very purpose-driven, and I know that purpose has guide us, guided me now for decades. So, Sophie, what does purpose-driven work mean to you? And as you look ahead over what may be a 30-, 40-year career, what do you hope will define it? To me, I think this means many things, but just for the sake of our dialogue, I'll interpret it twofold, big picture and day to day. Big picture, uh, purpose-driven work to me means that the work I'm doing in one way or another is contributing to something good, something intentional. 
when I think about 30, 40, 50 years into the future, I want to know that there is a future. And I love working for Siemens because I feel like we are meaningfully contributing and changing with the needs of society. And our company could look entirely different in 50 years, but I know that our purpose will not have changed. Now, day to day, I feel a personal sense of purpose when I'm advocating for others. And in my role as a university recruiter, I get to do just that. I have one of those backgrounds where it, it really took a village and I would not be where I am today if not for all of the people that helped me along the way. So every time I get to help a student through the recruitment process, we get to that offer and I get to see them thrive at Siemens like Adrian here, I, I definitely feel that sense of purpose. That is so cool. The, the, the long-term view and then what you feel day to day. And, and it, it sounds like it's really correlated. It sounds like it's really in sync. I'm delighted. Adrian, I'm curious about you and your sense of purpose. How does that fit into your path here at Siemens? Before I get into the purpose, I do want to add a little bit something to your section regarding the multi-generational teams, because I do think that's important. I really do think that has been such a um, eye-opening and really, you know, amazing experience I've had here at Siemens because of those, because of, you know, how you said you afford that and you look for that here at Siemens, been put in positions where the team from to the left and right of me have all been in different age groups. And I've had the opportunity to work with an amazing team so far, and it's all orchestrated so far by my amazing manager, uh, Jim Gregory. You know, we utilize certain uh, partner research tools to go ahead and look for these partners that we're looking for that offer those reselling licenses, you know, fit the, the criteria that we have set. And sometimes we run into these, you know, brick walls. And it was kind of in the beginning of my internship where I was like, hey, has anyone used generative AI? And it was kind of one of those things where often we may shy away from new technology because, you know, when we don't know of something, it's easier to be like, no, let's just stick to what we have. And that was kind of the opposite from him. He was really like, what do you mean? What, it, what can you kind of break it down? So what was awesome is I was able to go ahead and show him a little bit of like, hey, this is kind of what, um, you know, this generative AI tool is going to do. And let's prompt it with this question. Let's see if it could help us find, you know, a potential reseller in, um, you know, South Korea that sells supply chain software or ERP software. And then a whole bunch of lists came up and he was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And it was just a wormhole of new capabilities that we have. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where being able to approach each other and a willingness to learn from one another really allows for exponential growth. You know, I'm going to I'm going to stick on this theme for just a minute because um, you and Sophie have something very much in common. And that is that, you know, that uh, innovative way of looking at a problem and then saying, hey, what if? I, Sophie, same thing. Uh, think about the things where you've driven something new in even in your short time at Siemens so far. I'd love for our audience to hear about your experience of innovating. So when I started my internship and my first full-time job at Siemens, like I mentioned, it was working on employee empowerment. And my generation being one that is the most diverse and populous in nature, um, it leads us to prioritizing diversity, equity, and inclusion as something that we care about. And I came to Siemens and I learned about our employee resource groups and I, it was love at first sight. I knew that this was a space that I wanted to be connected to in some way. So 
we were putting on all of these workshops and I took a step back and I said, can we teach the ERGs too? So what this led to was, and Barbara, you might remember this, we actually talked about it when I was an intern. It led to treating the employee resource group as one community. And since then, I've even been able to see the launch of ERG Month, where we do tons of events catered to the entire community. But what I loved was the chance to ask that question, and I was actually given permission to run with it. And I was connecting with executive sponsors, with different leads from the organizations or from the different employee resource groups, and we were putting on workshops for our employees on how to own their career, on how to have hard discussions with your manager. And it just, it made me really happy that my idea was heard and I was able to see it through. Well, you both are showing that the, with a with the purpose, you can also direct your own growth and your, your own um, career path, even in these early days. I, I really wanna probe into this a little bit more. You've both grown up in a world that's always had the modern tools of digitalization. I mean, some of the tools we have today, I couldn't have imagined at the beginning of my career. And given all this technological change that I've seen across 40 years, I'll say, uh, I'm often asked, what are the skills that are gonna prepare us for the future? And my advice is to have just two things, curiosity and initiative. I think these are key to long-term success. I mean, if we know how to learn, we can learn anything. I'd be curious what you see as the most valuable skill for you in your work today. And, and what skill do you think you could teach those who have more years of career experience? And what skill would you like to learn? Yeah, so realistically, I have to say that the number one skill that I have brought to the table and has been a tremendous value to me is asking questions, not shying away from asking questions. You know, that's kind of how I ended up here. I actually, you know, asked you a question previously on a, uh, a previous call that, you know, was afforded to us uh, for National Internship Day. Being able to have the opportunity to actually open up and ask questions, it allows us to you know, actually hear from everyone, as I truly do believe that everyone has something to share. I do believe that there's always something that, you know, we can learn from anyone. I also don't think that just everyone, that there is one person that just has all the answers. I do think that having that humility within yourself and having, you know, that kind of a, I would say a courage to be willing to ask these questions in, you know, a small or even a large scale environment truly does make an impact in your own life because the way I look at it is I always think let's flip the scenario if I didn't ask the question if I didn't raise my hand if I didn't interact with you know uh, yourself Barbara on that national internship fireside chat I wouldn't be here today possibly you know I also could have just you know shied away and just in a sense left that call and been kind of a little bit more in my head on like dang did I miss out on something and I think that's something living with that rather than asking the question has more of a you know impact on our own self and that really correlates a lot with that multi-generational team aspect i talked about previously because i do think that when you do ask those questions it allows for so much exponential growth you know within yourself and I'll, honestly the team uh something that i want to teach to those as well maybe in the older generation is asking questions as well asking hey adrian 
how would you approach this? You know, even though I have 20, 25 years of experience, let me hear from you. What, what do you think? And I think that often, again, there's that little bit of a stigma of like, you know, I may have X amount of years of experience. I quote unquote may know more than this individual. But again, I do think having different perspectives on, you know, again, everything in life truly does enrich the overall scenario as a whole. It allows for everyone's different perspective, our own lens to be put on the problem and all come to a, you know, a good conclusion that overall overall benefits the entire scenario. So I'll start by saying I think the most valuable skill I picked up in my work is actually something, Barbara, you taught me uh, unintentionally, but initiatives, I completely agree. As an intern, I watched your Fairy God Boss interview and it was one thing that I did to help me prepare for my internship. And the one thing that stuck out to me that you said in that interview was, raise your hand, raise your hand for that next hard project. And it's really guided my career at Siemens. I, I've been raising my hand and it keeps taking me places, which I love. But then when I think about what we can teach those older than us, I, I think Adrian demonstrated it so well with the generative AI example we can really not only teach older generations how to leverage technology to be more efficient and to streamline, but also to collaborate in a more engaging way, which I love. And then when I think about what I would like to learn from older generations, it's really how to be more strategic. Gen Z is really focused on the right now, whereas our older generations have the knowledge, the experience, to understand and implement long-term strategies and really think about things big picture. Historical context matters and we don't have any of that coming in. So I also think that, I mean, I, I study Gen Z a lot in my work and studies are showing that Gen Z is incredibly independent and they like to work alone. And I would argue that we need to lean on the other generations to understand the importance of diversity of thought, how to leverage your network and collaborate more effectively as a team and build on each other's strengths. Hey, Sophie, let me ask you this from a recruiting perspective, what makes Gen Z different and what are some common misconceptions? When I think about what makes us different, I think about what you mentioned in your intro about us being skeptical and stressed out because we are. Um, according to the American Psychological Association, I've found that Gen Z members are more stressed than all the other generations overall. And in fact, 91% of Gen Z adults have said that they have felt symptoms of depression due to stress. And I also found that only half of all Gen Zs feel like they're doing enough to manage that stress. So think about it. We were shaped by social media the housing market crash, a global pandemic, massive layoffs. How could we not be a little skeptical and stressed out? Uh, but I think it has made us incredibly intentional. We care a lot about the future, about stability, and about purpose, as you've mentioned. Really, what sets us apart is so fundamental because in the last 20 years, we've seen an entire technology revolution. And we're the first generation to grow up in a world where smart technology has always existed. And 
I think as a result of that, we are resilient and adaptable to change as technology evolves. And we're also able to creatively apply this new technology. Now, your other part of the question, common misconceptions. This generation is often said to have a lack of loyalty in the workplace. I mean, I mentioned it myself. We're three times more likely to leave if we aren't getting what we need. But that's the point right there. I argue that one thing that's different now from in the past is that we're looking for a company that's truly invested in not only our career progression, but also our mental health. And we've seen companies in the past firsthand not being loyal to their employees. So now we're looking for the same level of loyalty and investment that companies are expecting from us. And another common misconception, we aren't just playing on our phones, we're actually connecting. We have revolutionized ways of working and engaging with the world around us. And we've been born into a world where we're more connected than ever, for better or worse. And we're taking great advantage of that in our own ways. That's powerful. Uh, I, I guess I, what I need to think about is um, <clears throat> the, it's the responsibility of businesses not to take this generation for granted, not to just assume that because we were all raised in a time where people were happy to have a job <laughs> and that we do whatever somebody asks us to do. Here's a generation that's thinking twice about what's being asked of them. And I love the idea of loyalty in return. Um, you know, Adrian, some of your comments really get into the question of what it is that defines a leader. You commented on how you wish that sometimes the older generation would turn around and ask the question in return. And it's actually a piece of advice I give to people who say, how do we, how do we drive more empowerment and a very simple technique I share with folks is, well, the next time somebody comes and asks you what they should do about problem X, turn the question around and ask, well, what have you considered? What do you think are your options? And when you get somebody else actually working to solve the problem themselves, then boy, I mean, isn't that the definition of empowerment? So over the years, I've seen the definition of a leader change. It used to be command and control. You know, the person who, who gave out the orders was the leader. And now, as I say, there's, there's this focus on empowerment. Adrian, what do you think defines a leader? And give us a sense of what you think the future of leadership looks like. Yeah. So a little bit about the essence of what I believe, you know, a leader is, is kind of been an interesting approach for myself. I joined the Marine Corps at 17. I served and flew on uh, MV-22 Bravo Ospreys. I was put in leadership roles at a very young age. You know, growing in that uh, military um, organization, we were put in that nature to do that command and control, like you said, Barbara. And realistically, during that time, I looked at myself as a leader, but I didn't look at myself as an effective leader. You know, it was more of that command control. You give the order, it's supposed to be respected and followed through with. And if something did, you know, didn't work out in a scenario, it generally was on the person who took that, you know, that role or that action or the leader for not being effective enough to make sure that, you know, your subordinates actually got that task done. And I think as I exited the military, that approach to leadership wasn't, you know, I would say the most effective way. I do believe that it has its time and place, especially when it comes to a military organization. But when you, you move into this, you know, um, organization setting, a business setting, a corporate setting, there's really, it, it's not effective. 
I think that you said it best. It was in one of your actual previous uh, podcasts when you talk about um, how to optimize for change. You really kind of dived in on something that I thought was really, really powerful is psychological safety. I do think that's one of the most vital pillars in leadership because it really allows you to feel that you have an, a voice. You're being heard. You're being your your thoughts and your opinions matter. And I think that's something that I've learned through my time here at Siemens, being able to work with these multi-generational teams, having that ability to walk in a room, feel, feel safe and ask these questions really, really empowers the individual. And I think that's what, you know, is going to continuously grow as leadership continues. Yeah, let's keep our focus on this and 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 cast our minds into the future. Because I like to end every episode by asking my guests to give their optimistic outlook. How do you see the incoming workforce positively impacting our future? Sophie, I'll turn to you first. I think you've started to see it and we'll definitely be seeing a lot more of it. Our digital intuition Using technology is second nature to us, and we adapt very quickly to change. And Barbara, I believe you said it earlier, but I want to stress that I can't even imagine a time before the internet. And it has been with myself and my generation our whole lives. And with that, we've brought an entirely new perspective to the team. And I'll remind our listeners that this perspective is filled with curiosity, creativity, and a little push to get you to think differently about the way things are done. And I'm optimistic that Gen Z's fresh perspective, when mixed with the wisdom of our predecessors in the office, will foster an environment for true innovation and produce solutions that we've never seen before. And Adrian, from the U.S. Marine Corps to contributions you're now making at Siemens, you and your colleagues are carrying us forward. How do you see the future? I do think that as we continue to grow together, allowing the doors, allowing the bridges between two and three and all these generations to come together and collaborate is really, you know, what's going to pioneer us to continue and follow through with success in the future. Well, as a shareholder in the Siemens Corporation, I look forward to the future when you all are the ones running this place. Thank you both for an excellent conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Talking to Sophie and Adrian early in their careers reminds me of an important time in my own. In my senior year of college, I was recruited by IBM to learn how to be a software programmer. And that put me into rooms with, with felt like ancient engineers, but ancient engineers who taught me so many of the things I needed to know about how the big project world operated. That training put me into the middle of exciting projects related to national security. And as I've previously talked about, it taught me about the true purpose of working with technology, something that's guided my career ever since. We know that the demographics of the world are aging, but so are the parameters of a career over a lifetime. Careers are now lasting 30, 40, 50 years or more. Hey, I consider myself to be in the middle of my career, even with four decades of experience. So here's my optimistic outlook. Instead of seeing an aging workforce as a disadvantage, let's think about what empowerment looks like at every stage of a career, from those early internships onward. Instead of focusing on the generation gap, let's think about how multi-generational teams 
offer the chance for everyone to learn and grow, even reinvent their careers. I believe the incoming workforce is ready to embrace those experiences and contribute to them. And where we're connected by purpose, there's truly unlimited potential to what we can achieve together. Have a wonderful and restful holiday, and we'll see you again in 2024. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on social media and on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you for tuning in.